Hello, this is Kevin McMullen, Senior Pastor of Independence Christian Center. Thanks for joining us as we break the bread of life today. Our prayer is that your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ is strengthened by this word. God bless you. We're going to be reading a considerable portion out of Judges 20 this morning, if you would like to turn there. While we're going there, you know, you've... Once in a while, we're reminded about uh, uh, about how we need to be careful about, you know, the things we say and all of that. In fact, I was talking to one of the guys up at the motorcycle shop yesterday, uh, the parts guy whom I've known for many years. And he was telling me about his ministry that he and his wife had taken on in their church as the children's minister. And I said, oh, yeah, being a children's minister is interesting because sometimes kids will tell you things that their parents will be horrified <laughs> that they're telling you. And... Uh, last night, uh, uh, Liam, five years of age, and I are watching something that he really enjoyed. And at one point, something happened that really excited him. And he said, and I quote, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I started laughing and he looked at me like, what's so funny? And I was I said something to Lita about it. I said, you know, this morning. And she goes, well, you say that quite a bit. And I, I do. And so we need, you know, they're listening. People around us are listening. And I hope he learns more from me than that. But moving along. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8 is the sermon, beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. And in the section that are known as the Beatitudes... Jesus says this, blessed, happy, fortunate, uh, uh, provisioned, guided, you know, all, the, all, all happy. I mean, they all fit in under that are the pure in heart for they shall see, not necessarily see with the eye, it's horao, to perceive they shall sense what God is doing. They'll detect the presence. They'll detect the will. They'll detect the guidance of God. Pure in heart means more than just motive. It means a desire to please the Lord and just as importantly, to do it his way. What does it say over in Matthew 6.33, also part of the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus said concerning, uh, you know, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Like that, he said, seek of first importance the kingdom of God. That's his will. Amen? And his righteousness, meaning his way of doing it. He doesn't just want it, his will done. He wants his will done his way. Now, that sounds complicated, but it's actually not. Because what, to what are we called... Uh, the born-again experience is not just punching your ticket and then you just go on and live any old way. No, when we come to Christ, when we come to Jesus, we come into a relationship with Jesus. We, as the head of the church, we come into a relationship with God the Father. And that that's what He really desires. He desires a walk with us each and every day. One of the, when we were talking about the first fruits. When you go back to the Garden of Eden, or well, actually it wasn't the Garden of Eden, they'd been kicked out of the garden. And Cain and Abel were walking with God, each of them. Even, even Cain, Cain, heard the voice of God. And it says that Abel offered 
to God a sacrifice and God accepted it. But Cain offered a sacrifice to God and God didn't receive it. He's like, I, you know, that isn't what I want. And people say, well, it was because it was the fruit of the ground. No, the minkev, which was a, a grain offering, was always acceptable to God. The difference was be, being that Abel offered the first fruits of the fatlings of the flock, whereas it says that Cain offered up his at the end of days. In other words, he offered up the leftovers. He offered up the leftovers. God wants our first and our best. He gave us his first and his best. And will continue to do so. But he wants that from us. He wants our unswerving loyalty and focus. That's what worship means. It's an extravagant devotion. And it's easy. You know, the thing of it is, when it comes to following the Holy Spirit, and that's what we're talking about, is listening to God. I want to talk about drawing near to here. Because we can think we're doing the will of God. We could produce scripture for it and have it blow up in our faces and wonder what happened. What went wrong? Have you ever had that happen? And what happened? We, so I want to go to Judges 20 because this is a story that I find very interesting. It's pretty gruesome because there was a Levite who had a concubine, meaning she was after a fashion his wife. And he was traveling through the land of the tribe of Benjamin. And he was accosted by some men there who actually wanted to uh, uh, take advantage of him physically. And they took advantage of his concubine. And they, it was a gang rape. And she died as a direct result of it. And... He let all of the, in a very macabre fashion, let all of the tribes of Israel know what had happened. And the tribes of Israel were incensed about this crime. And they all came together, hundreds of thousands of them, the army had gathered, and against uh, Benjamin. And it says, I'm going to begin reading in verse 8. All the people arose as one man saying, none of us will go to his tent and none of us will return to his house. But now this is what we will do to give Yah. We will go up against it by lot and we will take 10 men of a hundred out of the tribes of Israel and a hundred of a thousand and a thousand of 10,000 to bring provisions for the people that when they come they may repay Givah of Benjamin, Gibeah of Benjamin, for all the outrage that they have committed in Israel. So all the men of Israel gathered against the city, united as one man. And the tribes of Israel sent men through all the tribes of Benjamin, saying, What evil is this that has taken place among you? Therefore, give up the men, the worthless fellows in Gibeah, that we may put them to death in order to purge the evil from Israel. So what they did was they said, Bring us the people that did this, that we may punish them. Okay? Simple request. And... But the Benjamites would not listen to the voice of their brothers, the people of Israel. Then the people of Benjamin came together out of their cities to Givah to go out to battle against the people of Israel. So in other words, not only are we not going to bring them out, we will fight you. I would call this a political problem based upon a moral problem. All right. And an ethical problem. 
And the people of Benjamin mustered out of their cities on that day 26,000 men who drew the sword. Besides the inhabitants of Gibeah, who mustered 700 chosen men. All of these were 700 chosen men who were left-handed. Everyone could sling a stone at a hair and not miss. And the men of Israel, apart from Benjamin, mustered 400,000 men who drew the sword. How many of you would say this is kind of lopsided? 26,000 plus 26,700 against 400,000. Doing the math quickly in my head, that sounds like about eight to one. And the people of Israel arose and went up to Bethel and inquired of God. Who Now, look what they asked. This is very important. Who shall go up first to fight against the people of Benjamin? And Yahweh said, Judah shall go up first. Now, literally what he said was Judah first. Doesn't say that shall go up has been added by the translator. He said, go up Judah first. All right. The 11 tribes, everybody Benjamin, had a vastly superior army. So you know what they thought? This one's in the bag. Easy peasy, one, two, threesy. This is a walkover. And so, you know, and, but they, you know, I, um, when the question they asked was, who should go up first? Now, let me take you to what a worshiper says in 2 Samuel 5, 19. Then David inquired of Yahweh saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? How many of you get the difference there? One is basically asking the Lord to bless our efforts, show who's to go first. The other is saying, shall we go? What do you want done? And Yahweh said to David, go up, for I certainly will give the Philistines into your hand. We saw in verse 18, Israel didn't sing guidance other than they asked one question. And it was, says it was by lot and the lot, it said, fell to Judah. Yahweh's answer was terse. Judah first. All right. Some believe, you know, again, their relationship with this is like, OK, God, Who's going up first? Judah was neither the largest nor the strongest of the tribes. It didn't make necessarily military sense to send, the Judah, to send Judah up first. Ephraim was present and Ephraim was a far larger tribe, far more warlike. And in fact, Ephraim was famous for archers. And so if you're going up against the city, you definitely want these characters. I mean, militarily. But if God said Judah first, okay, well, it's, you know. And so they heard and they went out. And look what happened. Uh, let me, well, let me, let me back up. I'm getting ahead of myself. When they heard the word Judah, they just thought tribe, but God was sending them a signal. Because think about the name Judah. Genesis 29 and 35. And Leah conceived again and bore a son and said, This time I will praise Yahweh. I will praise the Lord. Think about this. This was her fourth son. And out of gratitude, she said, I will praise the Lord. And so she named him praise. So when they went before the, the Lord... And they said, who goes up first? He said, praise first. Praise first. 
Did they praise? No. I, I, one other time, think about this. How many of you remember King Jehoshaphat? Big army came against him. And he said, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. This is a prophet speaking. Thus says Yahweh, do not fear or be dismayed of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it is God's. Judah arose, Judges 20 and 19. All they said was, who goes up first? They went up, Judah first. Then the people of Israel arose in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. And the men of Israel went out to fight against Benjamin. And the men of Israel drew up in battle line against Gibeah. And the people of Benjamin came out of Gibeah and destroyed on that day 22,000 men of the Israelites. But the people of it, the men of Israel took courage again and formed the battle line in the same place where they had formed on the first day. So they went out once and they got their clocks cleaned. Even though they were on the side of right morally. Does everybody follow what I'm saying here? And so we pick it up at verse 23. And the people of Israel, and actually they went up and they lost twice. They went up against them and got clobbered. They went up a second time and got clobbered again. And the people of Israel went up and wept before Yahweh until evening. And they inquired of Yahweh. And again, 18,000 men of Israel fell. Now when we come to Judges 20, we see a different, you know, we, we see a very different group because all of the people of Israel the whole army after the second defeat went up and came to Bethel and wept and they sat there before Yahweh and fasted that day until evening and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before Yahweh. When the Jew when you see the Jews sitting on the ground as it says they were that's mourning that's repentance. They are fasting before the Lord. They're going, Lord, what happened here? What's going on? We know we're doing, we know we're doing the right thing. What, or, or at least we think we are. What, what, what's going on here? They humbled themselves before God. You know, it's so easy to just do something. We think it's okay. Maybe it's in our power to do it. That is why sometimes... Uh, Having abilities, whether it's financial or, or, or political or whatever it might be, is dangerous because you want people who have a servant's heart in those positions. Because just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. How many of you are with me? Just because, I mean, there have been things that I, can, I could buy that the Lord didn't want me to buy. How do you know that? Well, because sometimes I heard him and sometimes I bought him anyway. I have some horror stories about the things that I bought that I shouldn't have. And, the, and, and I've got some victory stories about the times that God, you know, I've shared this with the farmer one time. We, this has been years and years ago. You know, we were, you know, we were, we had, we were living here in a, in a rented house and, and we were driving down Nolan Road, down the Miracle Mile. And there was a, IROC Z28, I don't even remember what year it was, but an IROC Z28 Camaro sitting out there, T-tops, the whole thing. It was a nice day. And I pulled my 1978 rusty Volkswagen Rabbit into that parking lot, got out and was looking at that car, you know, and 
man, this, you know, I mean, this, you know, I, you know, me in hot cars, I used to really love them. And, and, and the salesman comes bouncing out there. What can we do for you? You know, and all this kind of stuff. And I, he said, would you like to take it for a drive? And Kathy's over there going like that. And I said, sure. <laughs> Opportunity to drive an IROC Z. Sure. So we get, and the salesman didn't even go with us. And the reason that he didn't go with us was because that dog went in there and ran a credit, pulled a credit report on me. And so we drove it around for a little while and I came back and said, boy, this is really, really nice and and all that. And he comes back and he's pulled our credit and we're sterling and we're ready to, we're ready to sign and drive. And he says, man, we can get you in that, we can have you in that car in an hour. Just, you know, la -da -da -da. I said, yeah, yeah, like that, you know, because I just, now, I had that sense right here. You know that sinking feeling? That's the spirit talking to you about most often. Going, saying, woe up. Woe up. Yeah, exactly. Hit the binders here. Now, I had ignored that in the past. And in all honesty, in all candor, when that was happening, when I was ignoring it, the first time that ever happened to me was with a motorcycle. And I didn't know for sure what was going on. And then somebody taught me a little later, oh, that's the Spirit of God talking to your spirit. That's, you know, your spirit's going, ooh. Women call it women's intuition. Guys call it, you know, a gut feeling. But most, in a believer, you can count most of the time on that being the Holy Spirit talking to your spirit saying, whoa, 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 whoa. And so when, man, I wanted that car. And, and this guy's going to make it so easy to get out of the will of God. And, man, you know, we can get it bound on insurance and drive it home. That IROC Z28 would look so good in my driveway. But right there, I knew better. It's like, mm-hmm. So I didn't. And then, shortly after that, we... It, it, we really needed, because of a housing situation, we needed to move. And it made it possible because that wasn't on my credit. See, the Lord knew. And the Lord won't tell you what's coming. He'll expect you to walk by faith and not by sight. <sighs> well, why can't I have it? You ever ask that question? I've got a five-year-old in my house, and whenever you tell him no, why? Why not? And he doesn't like because I said so. Which, by the way, is a perfectly legitimate answer. God seems to think so, because I said so. Dad! So they come and they fast. Notice what they also do. They offer burnt offerings, olas. The burnt offering, when it says peace offerings, the peace offering was different, as, as you're aware if you went through Leviticus with us. The peace offerings, you would... Uh, the, the priest would get some of it. The Lord would get the fat and that would go up and smoke before the Lord. But uh, and the priest would get the shoulder. But the rest of the animal went to the went went to the offerer and and his or her family and would be shared. It was a communion. It was a communion meal. God eats in a in a figure. The priest eats and the people eat. It's a communion meal. It is a fellowship 
peace offering. It is a fellowship meal. But notice before that was the Ola. It was the burnt offering. The burnt offering, you didn't keep any of it. You didn't do it all. You skinned it and the whole thing went up in smoke before the Lord. And that was the people saying, we give you everything. We give you all. We hold nothing back. We are yours, O Lord. May you be pleased with our gift as we honor you. May I submit to you, this is the way they should have started. Because look what happens next. Um, and the people, Judges 20 and 27, and the people of Israel inquired of Yahweh. So now rather than coming and saying, who goes up first? God says, praise me first. And then misunderstanding it. It says, the people inquired of Yahweh, the, of the Lord, for the Ark of the Covenant of God was there in those days. They brought it up from Shiloh. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, ministered before it in those days, saying, shall we go out once more against, to battle against our brothers, the people of Benjamin, or shall we cease? And Yahweh said, go up tomorrow. I will give them into your hand. So a people humbled, a people consecrated, a people who said, Lord, we come to you. We're holding nothing back. And then they communed with him. You know, God called us not to be automatons. The, the scripture is our guide. It is our, there is no doubt about it. It is our all-sufficient rule of faith and practice. There is no question of that. But there are a lot of things in this scripture that are not covered in the scripture. Like, whom should I marry? How many of you think that's a, an important question? Maybe I've got a choice between two jobs. Which one should I take? The one that makes more money may not necessarily be the correct choice. Everybody's with me, say amen. amen. And so, in other words, we don't, we don't, you know, how many of you have ever heard of the Benjamin Franklin closer? You know, where you draw a line down, you have the advantages to doing it or the advantages to not doing it. And on both sides, the, 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 the pros and the cons and all that. You know, I'm not saying those things aren't important, but what I am saying to you is the most important thing is the will of God. And to know the will of God, we are to walk with him. It's not mechanical. It's not a legalistic thing. It is a personal relationship. And as we grow in that relationship with God, we begin what what happens. He cleanses our hearts and our hearts change before him. And we get how many of you have been married long enough or you have someone in your life that when you're with them and something happens, you know what they're thinking even before they say anything. I mean, we're not supposed to be sentence finishers, but <laughs> sometimes we can because we know that person so well. That is exactly what our relationship with God, that's what he wants with us, for us. He wants us to walk so closely with him that 
he can say, okay, now don't do it that. Remember when David one time went up and defeated the Philistines one way. And the second time he says, you want us to go straight up? He said, no, 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 no. This time I want you to circle around behind. And then when you hear the sound of marching in the balsam trees, then to do your attack. And so, that, you know, God is not a cosmic Coke machine or a computer that we just program. He is an individual. He is a, a person. And in our walk with him, it is dynamic, not static. It's not a formula. It is a relationship. Everybody say amen. And as you know, and they had this fellowship meal and they offered it. And with this communion, what did Nehemiah say? I love it. In Nehemiah 8.10. He's, when they were doing the second, he said, go eat the fat, the celebratory meal, drink of the sweet and send portions to him who has nothing prepared for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord. The joy of Yahweh is your strength. They worshiped and they gained strength. They gained the courage after two defeats. They finally come back to him and said, OK, Lord. Do you want us to go or not? And if so, how do you want it done? And in this time, he said, I will deliver them into your hand. It is so easy to just look and say, oh, I know the way forward. I've got this. It is sure quiet in here this morning. It is so easy. Even do it the right thing to get clobbered. And this time they went out. There was no more doubling down on the old strategy. They had direction. They had anointing. We are to be people. If our musicians would come, believe it or not, even this early, we're, I'm, I'm, nobody's going to know how to act. That guy preaches short. I like him. It's an anomaly. There are people, we are to be people of praise, people of worship. Our lives are to be an offering every day. Are you with me? Our very lives. What did Paul say? Over in Romans chapter 12, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, that you become your lives, offer your lives, a living and holy sacrifice, which is well-pleasing to God. In other words, God expects me, wants me, Desires for me to crawl up on that altar and to be wholly consumed with him. We have gotten to the point, and it's nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. We've gotten, we've come to the place where it is easy to compartmentalize our spirituality, our walk with God over here, and to separate our lives into the sacred and the secular or the part about which God is concerned and the part which is my, my business. It's like I'm asking God for my best life now. I'm asking God to bless my efforts. And God is saying, well, you know, well the scripture says I'll bless every, he'll bless everything to which I put my hand. Deuteronomy 28. That's true. But he'll also have something to say about what it is to which you put your hand. I mean, you're with me. And as we walk out his plan, remember the remember over in in I believe it's first Timothy where he talks about how be strong in the Lord and the power of his be, be strong in grace and, and be strong in his in his grace. And he uses the three illustrations. He uses the 
uh, soldier. He uses the athlete and he uses the farmer. He says, you know, the, the, the soldier does not in, get all tangled up in all the daily affairs of life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. So that's God's will. The soldier wants to do God's will. We're all soldiers. Everybody say amen. And he says the athlete doesn't win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. So in other words, going over to uh, 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 Hebrews 12, it says that we are to run with diligence or endurance the race that is set before us. I don't get to choose my course. And we have come into, because of postmodernism and so much in our education system and everything, everybody thinks they have their own truth. Everybody thinks, well, that's true for you, but not for me. Have you ever heard that? That's true for you, but not for me. Okay, we're standing here on the ledge of the Empire State Building, and I'm not going to jump off because gravity will suck me down to the earth and I will attend to the street and I will be destroyed. Well, that's true for you, but it's not for me. Is that silly? Standing in the back of a, of a, a jump craft, you know, standing with your, you know, uh, there was a guy, I actually read about it in one of my skydiving magazines, a guy that committed suicide and he did it intentionally. He went out of the airplane without a rig. He had no parachute. That was commitment. I mean, once out the door, there's no, you know, you don't have second thoughts. And a couple of times, he actually went up twice and people said, dude, you don't have a rig on. Get off of the airplane. Finally, I guess on the third trip, nobody noticed. Out the door he went. True for you. No. It, and why is it that we are so yeah, well, that's true of physical law. But when it comes to spiritual principles, we think somehow they're more gelatinous. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're more, they're, they're fuzzier. They are not. They are not. The wages of sin is still death. And God says, do it, do my will, my way. Run with endurance the race that is set before us. I mean, if you remember Rosie Ruiz, was it the Boston Marathon? And she just came out of nowhere and won it. Oh, it was awesome and everything until they did a little checking of the cameras and stuff and found out that she'd been hanging around waiting for them to get close to the end. And then she joined the race at the end and won. A lot of people are trying to do that spiritually. There are no shortcuts. And lastly, the hardworking farmer should be his. So there is work, it is labor, there is planting, there is cultivation, but there is harvest. Amen. God's will, God's way, in God's timing. We offer our lives as a burnt offering each and every day. Singing to the Lord our new song, lifting our hands to the King. And it is no mystery, Israel's most successful warrior king was a worshiper. David, the worshiping king. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Second Chronicles chapter 16 and 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Hear me about that.
as long as I am committing my way to him from my heart of heart saying, God, I really want your will. I really want your will. I really want your will. One of the most dangerous things we can do is to go against what we know in our heart of hearts is God's will. You know, when I bought that motorcycle and it was nothing but a catastrophe and other things that I had done, I learned from that. One of the things we absolutely cannot do is, must not do is say, I can make this work. I can make this work. Those are famous last words. I can make it, it'll, it'll be okay. I can make it work. No, because what we do is even if we somehow do seem to make it work, the end will be tears. And we harden our hearts toward God. We get in that, we've got to keep our hearts tender toward the Lord. How many of you know what I'm talking about here? Keeping our heart. Um, I tell the story about that guy when, you know, I wear earplugs when I ride my louder motorcycle. I wear earplugs because I want to protect my hearing. My, it, the bike's not that loud, but I, I wear earplugs. And we were, and the, the, the guy, we were coming back from Sturgis. And that was, we were coming back on the Friday before the rally, because we went to Sturgis before the rally so that we weren't around for all the stuff. And we're at this, we're in South Dakota and we're at just off of the interstate about, and you had to go to get gas. You had to go a couple, three miles off the interstate. And I'm standing there putting gas in the forerunner and all these Harleys come rumbling up, nice bikes. And this one guy walks up to me and he's been riding that motorcycle with very loud pipes and he's got the wind noise and everything and nothing, no hearing protection, no helmet. And so, you know, he comes walking up, gets off of his, I don't know how far they'd ridden, but he comes walking up to me and goes, do you know where the interstate is? And I suddenly realized he can't hear thunder. And I went, yeah, it's down there wait three miles you can't miss it there's an exit there's there's an on-ramp right there he goes thank you and they get on their motorcycles and roar off into the distance and that's what happens the noise of this world if we we'll, if we don't pay attention if we don't draw aside to God the noise of this world becomes so deafening that we can think we're actually doing what God wants to do and still meet with tears Am I getting through? Everybody, maybe it was because it's raining. You know, they teach in school that on rainy days, people come in kind of quiet. For the eyes of Yahweh move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those who are completely his. If we, day by day, will lay our lives on that altar and say, Lord, I'm completely yours and mean that, he'll get you wherever you need, you need to go. He'll do it. You don't have to fret about it. Oh, I don't want to miss God. Well, you won't. You just keep putting it out there. You just keep putting your heart on the altar. You keep putting your life there. You won't miss it. Those of you watching by internet, thank you for joining us. But I want to encourage you, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, do not wait another day. The world around us is changing so rapidly and we are seeing biblical events coming to pass 
In fact, you don't even need to watch Fox News. Just watch or CNN. Just read the Bible and you'll know what's coming. And believe me, the light and the dark are separating. And you do not want to be in the darkness. Our God calls you. He beckons you. And if you're not a believer, I want to encourage you just to pray with me right now. And just say, Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And I believe that you have raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. For the scripture says that with the heart you believe unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And the Father will accept you. It does not matter where you've been, what you've done. I don't care how horrible your past is. It's irrelevant because the blood of Jesus covers everything and wipes it clean. And you will come out from under the boot of the enemy and come into the kingdom of God's beloved son. If you're a Christian and you're just stirring it with your finger, you're a casual Christian and you know there are things you should do, but you're going to do it. You're going to get it, do it when you get around to it. Now's the day. Don't wait. The Lord spoke to us, and I'm going to talk about that next week, about the fulfillment of the things that the Lord has spoken to us, how we're seeing them come to pass, and that it is accelerating. By the end of the year, I think you're going to see big differences. But it's all good when you know Jesus. It's all good when you're a doer of the Word. And God, God will bless you. And he'll keep you, he'll protect you, he'll feed you. He is the good shepherd. No matter what's happening at the gas pump, no matter what's happening at the, at the grocery store checkout, no matter what is happening with the rent, etc. No matter what the doctor says, our God is faithful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We hope this message has been a great blessing to you and has helped build your faith in Jesus. We encourage you to visit our app, Independence Christian Center, on your cell phone, available from the Apple App Store or Android, Google Play. You can also find us on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, YouTube, and Facebook, again, under Independence Christian Center, or at our website, iccfamily, all one word, dot O-R-G, iccfamily.org. Our heart's desire here is to labor with the Lord in building His body. Until next time, may God's very best be yours.